So welcome back everyone to the Christmas slash New Year's slash holiday time edition of the Anthony Calabro NBA Draft Preview for a certain player, and that certain player, Scott and Anthony, is Mr. Herbie Pope, who we've uh, we've spoken his we've said his name about once or twice throughout the uh, throughout the the podcast this year. But uh, Anthony's gonna dive even deeper to what his uh, game looks like at the next level. Um, so, Anthony, welcome back to the uh, the podcast. Oh, great to be here. Good to be back. Good to hear. How was the uh, How was the holiday? Good holiday. Spent it in uh, New York with fam and all that stuff. So there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Did you do the Rockefeller tree thing? No, I was in Long Island, so I didn't even get the fun uh, part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, well Merry sh- Christmas, and and I'm glad that it was good for you guys. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, sh- you. I'm sure you were pouring over. Uh, the uh, NBA draft 2012 projections the entire uh, entire okay. holiday, right? Of course. Well, yeah. So we're coming fresh off of uh, as we're recording. It was um, last night. Herb uh, Herb Pope got got worked pretty good um, against uh, Fab Mello in particular in Syracuse. But let's let's take a step back and look at his uh, his body of work and his game as a whole. Where uh, you know, where do you see him? Uh, is he an NBA player? If he is, where does he fit? Where where could he fall? What's uh, what do you think's uh, in in many general managers' minds right now? Sure, I mean, if you look at him, uh, if you look at the stats alone, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he would be an NBA player. He's averaging 20 points a game, and he's averaging 11 and a half boards a game, and he's you know he's playing that power forward spot at six eight. Um, and sometimes, like last night, he would swing to the five spot. Um, and at six, eight, he's just undersized, but he's got the motor uh, to just simply outwork you in the paint. And, you know, he uses that long frame to get the rebounds. And, um, you know, in and around the basket, he's going to find a way to score. It's one of those things where you don't really draw up plays for her Pope. It's more of offensive rebound putbacks, um, you know, just maybe uh, – just putbacks, and um, I, I guess in the long run, I see him as like probably a second round pick, just because of of the off court, off the court stuff that has plagued him. I guess. In, uh, his yeah, he's had, he's had a tough upbringing. I mean, seems like he was from uh, Al Aliquippa. Is that is that how you say it? That uh, is. It's a uh... It's uh, a little northwest of Pittsburgh. It's out by the airport, and yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a rougher part of town, but it a uh, ton of athletes uh, coming out of there. Really good athletes. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's had a little uh, character issues in the past. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was you know he there's he was shot four times when he was 15. He was even after he recovered from that. Then um, you know, in a game against Texas Tech, he was. Ejected for punching the guy uh, below the belt, um, and that was on ESPN. You can like find that on YouTube pretty easily. Um, it was actually yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Right, right, yeah. There's no doubt it was hilarious. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, even in uh, last year in April uh, 2010, he collapsed uh, for an off-season workout uh, from a heart condition that required emergency surgery. So, um, and he recovered from that. So there's the, there's all these other factors. That really make her Pope an interesting, I guess, case study for where 
Um, you know, what matters most, points or off-the-court issues? Well, yeah, and I think it shows that he has a resilient character, too, that he mm. keeps coming back from these atrocious things like, you know, getting shot and having the heart condition. That, that's not easy to come back from, and he put the time in to be able to be is today. And, you know, you alluded to it before where he's averaging 20 and 11 so far. I mean, there's an argument that he's the biggest player of the year right now. Oh, you could completely make that argument. I think if you watched the game last night, that um, that argument took a hit just because, you know, you're playing the number one team who happens to be in the Big East, Syracuse, on the road. I mean, you know, if he played well that day, it could have just catapulted him mm-hmm. to another level. Um, it just didn't happen. Um, and so, you know, and so it goes again. You know, he got knocked down, but, you know, that's just the way it is, and I expect him to fully recover as the season goes on. Yeah, is he going to be a guy that, um, I mean, they all, you know, you, you get in a good system. Um, I think he's one of those guys, he gets around a good nucleus, um, a la Dewan Blair getting around Tim Duncan and, and some uh, really good leadership and proven players that he can flourish. Is Is Herb Pope the guy that... Is his game going to develop? You know, he's known to take some outside shots and chuck up some threes. Could he develop an outside shot, and that's where he really uh, shines and, and makes guys play him honest out there? Or is he just going to be a guy that gets stronger, bigger, tougher, and just bruises down low and really that garbage glue guy like an Udonis Haslam in, that's in exactly the NBA? What I was say. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's going to be more of a. Udonis Haslam, what you see is what you get kind of guy. Um, maybe I, I could see him developing. If he could just develop that 15-foot jump shot on a consistent basis, that's okay. all he needs. Other than that, he's just going to be, you know, boxing out, crashing the boards, playing defense like a madman. Um, that's really his game. I don't think he'll – I don't think it would be necessary to try to work him out farther into the three-point area because his game is – trying to get the offense to rebound, and if he's taking that three, then you're missing that opportunity to rebound. Okay. It's interesting that you bring up uh, UD as a comparison because right now I think Herb Pope is a more polished offensive player than UD is or was in the past, where I think Pope can nail down that 15-foot jumper with some relative consistency right now. I I think that he has a nose for the glass. I think he might have a higher ceiling than Haslam. Right, right. I, I think so, too. And then uh, Chaz and I were kind of debating about uh, his career. I think he could easily, you know, have a 10- to 12-year NBA career because if you could find one thing that you do well in the NBA and you do it well on a consistent basis, you know, that's your role, and teams are going to know your role right away, recognize that, and, you know, especially the way he works, you know, those are positive those are positives in his game. And I think for um, NBA teams, for GMs, you know, he might not go high in the draft, but he'll stick around and on NBA rosters. He'll probably move around from team to team, but he'll be in the NBA, I, I think. Uh, we're, we're setting a bet right now, Anthony. Uh, I'll, even, I'll even help you out a little bit and say ten, over under 10-year NBA career, I'm, I'm taking the under. Uh, okay, I got the over, man. I got the over. I hope he does. He's a Pittsburgh boy. I want I want him to do as well as the next guy, but 
I, uh, with, condi- you know, it's kind of like Dewan Blair, where he's had knee issues, and people said he's got knees like a 40-year-old already when he was coming in the NBA. Herb Pope has had heart issues and, and stamina and, and, and cardiovascular stuff, so he looks good now, but when it, uh, it's one of those where I think when it goes and when he slips, I think it's, uh, it's going to be really tough for, for him to recover, but... You and you and Scott said he is resilient. Um, no, that's a good point. That's- yeah, this this guy could just be the Teflon man, where no matter what you throw at him, he's gonna he's gonna pull right through it. Yeah, he worked at the uh, John Lucas camp in the off season uh, down in Houston. He worked with NBA competition like uh, Derek Williams, Damian James, uh, Johnny Flynn, and Tristan Thompson. And these guys. So, like you said, yeah, I mean, some of the physical things, you know, nobody will really know, but if if the physical things pan out, I think he has the talent to at least make it. So, but that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, you look around, though, like Steve Novak is still in the league, and he plays like four minutes a game and takes three threes. Like you said before, if you can get, if you can do something well, and you, you'll be in the NBA for a long time, and I think that there's a lot of cases for that in the NBA right now. And I think her post can be one of those guys as well. I'm, I'm with you, Anthony. I'm taking the over. All right, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, we're 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 pulling we're pulling hairs here. I mean, in NBA, you know, being in the NBA, I guess there's some guys that I've written them off, and I <laughs> I consider they don't even play anymore when you know they're they're only logging two or three minutes. I guess in my mind, like 12 year career, I, I figure the guy is gonna be a a solid contributor uh, for for that that entire stretch. No, I understand. And to be a, con- a solid contributor for, you know, 10 or 12 years, you're really going to have to make your mark. And, yeah. you know, the, the odds are <laughs> against them. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah. um, you know, I, there's just something um, to him. Um, there's those outside of the court, you know, off that court stuff that, you know, you just think that the resiliency will uh, come through. But, you know, you have no way of actually knowing that. So um, it, it is interesting to see. I'm also interested to see just where, you know, he'll end up in the draft, um, who will take the chance on him. And, um, yeah. you know, I, you know it, it's tough because if he goes to the second round, he might go back to a team that had an early pick, maybe like the Cavs or the Wizards, and is that something that a, a bad team wants to take a chance on? So it's interesting how far he can drop or arrive. He'll be hurt by... If he goes to a team that's really young, like the Wizards or the Cavs, do you think he needs to be in a nurturing environment where, like the Spurs, I mean, we talked about waiters last time, and I guess that's the ideal spot for everyone, but do you think he'll be hurt by a a young team that maybe they don't know what their roles are, much less hurt Pope's? Yeah, I think he could be hurt by that because he has no defined position translating to the NBA game. Um, and that could be tough for a young team because, like you said, teams are like the Wizards are trying to even figure out who they are and they're still making moves. And, you know, it, I think whoever drafts them um, probably has a plan ahead of time. Um, it's not just like, well, let's just pick up for Pope. Um, they, have to, they have to do extensive background checks. They have to do extensive, um, you know, just scouting. Um, um, I'm sure they're doing that, but there's going to have to be extra debate about Herb Pope if you're going to draft him. So hopefully if a team does draft him, they've done that extensive work 
because, you know, there's health issues, there's off-the-court issues. So I would, I would expect the team to pick him to understand that going in. Yeah, I think there, there's a silver lining. Uh, some guys are going to be turned off by what's already transpired in his life, but I think that you find the right GM that, uh, you know, not only giving him a chance, drafting him or signing him as an undrafted, once he's in there, you're right, this could catapult him in where he's he's not one of these prima donnas where, you know, they haven't dealt with a, a major injury, they haven't dealt with personal or family or, or you know, um, anything like that. So he's dealt with heart a heart problem and being shot. So the kid's pulled through this. So if he has a knee issue that might uh, upset and, and get some other guys down, it's it's just going to be uh, – he's going to just keep on rolling. I got w- one other thing, uh, Anthony. F- sure. Fill in the blank for me. Uh, Herb Pope reminds me of blank. Who who in the NBA does – Tyler Hansbrough. Okay. Wow. Does that make any sense? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean – yeah, I think so. I don't think he's as polished offensively as Hansborough is, though. Right, right. But I'm just thinking motor. Just attack yeah. the basket, just motor-wise. Um, that's just somebody who um, he can easily emulate. And, you know, like Hansborough, who some people doubted him. You know, he had a great NCAA career, but some people doubted whether it can translate to the NBA. Obviously, um, it can. He's a contributor right now for the Pacers. And so I think Hope can do uh, be a similar style. Uh, he's got to get that nasty, bloody nose uh, first from one of uh, one of his rivals. Maybe in the Rutgers game, he'll get all bloodied up, uh, so he he has that Tyler Hansborough moment in his <laughs> senior year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Anthony, uh, thanks again for stopping by at the six overtimes. Uh, of course, you can find him at ninety four fifty blog on Twitter and blog9450.wordpress.com For my esteemed colleague Chaz Wagner, Anthony Calabro, and myself Scott Wilkenuth, I think we are the only podcast that has ever said cardiovascular ever. (laughs) Thanks a lot (laughs) at 6overtimes and uh, at 6overtimes at gmail.com Peace.